You're in my good graces, but you ain't keeping your car, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Fast and the Furious Week here when we read the book. I'm Adam Heap. I'm uh, Lois Mitchell. And we're joined today by everyone's favourite rev head, Sally the Pastor. That's me. <laughs> You're driving your fast car here. I heard the revs all the way down the street. Yeah. Fuck off. No, you didn't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you Little pat of feet on your Flintstone mobile. Yeah. Yes. You do drive like a nice-ish car, though. Okay. Yeah, we're doing Fast and the Furious. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I do. You yeah. chose it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because all right, we'll explain. Now, I guess Adam <laughs> likes car things. I don't even really. It's just I kind of always wanted to watch Fast and the Furious. One and of your favorite movies is about fast cars and what? driving Which one? Push. You're thinking of Rush. Rush. That's yeah. the one I'm talking about. I like that movie. It's not one of my favorite. Oh, movies. Push was the one with Chris. So you don't know me at all. Yeah, it's also one of Pat's favorite movies. Okay. So we're we're doing this because uh, it said uh, like on the. I was, you know, searching for things that we could have on this podcast, and it said Fast and Furious was inspired by this so-and-so investigative journalism article on street racing, which it was. Um, this was something that uh, inspired Rob Cohen, the director, to make this film. And uh, when I read it and watched the film, it turned out they were barely similar, other than the fact that they have street racing. I think they're similar enough. The the, the aesthetic and tone are yeah. similar. I mean, that's really all the article is about. Like the it's just, article... there's no, I mean, obviously, it, the article doesn't have a lot of plot. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's long. It's not a book. It's not very long at all, no, even for a, an investigative journalism I think it's article. just that um, there wasn't a movie about underground street racing, like a mainstream movie about underground street racing and, like, that culture. And so when you read a really good article about it, and the article is good, like, why, if you were able to make a movie about it, why wouldn't you be like, this is a cool topic? And now there's eight of them. Yeah. So our question of the week this week uh, is, please give your best alternative title for Race Wars, <laughs> which is the name of the race meet that they have in the book, uh, where they all go and race their cars real fast. Yeah, that's it's really a, bad. Yeah. I, can't, I still don't know whether it's ironic or not. Yeah. What would you what would you call a, a car meeting event where you go to drag race and other people go and there's lots of half naked ladies doing weird dancing around cars? Drag race. <laughs> yes. Run, hosted by RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul's drag race. <laughs> I would call it the broom broom driving competition with no unfortunate implications race. <laughs> We're really sorry we had Sally on this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> Um, I think I would call mine Matchbox. Matchbox Hot Wheels. Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. And you're only allowed 20 cars. Yeah. The beep, beep, I'm driving here. Competition. You have to say competition in it because it's a competition. There are only winners. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Oh, God. This segment isn't a competition, Sally, so you can calm down. Shut up. (laughs) So we're Fast and Furious. Um... So the article, for anyone concerned, is called Racer X. Uh, you can find it online. Like, there's a bunch of places that uh, have reprinted it. Uh, it was written by Kenneth Lee. Vaguely covered what this article is about. It's it's literally just um, telling you what kind of like what the street racing scene was in uh, Los Angeles and kind of how it came to be. So this was written in. This uh, is it for New York. Um, yes. Yes. Sorry. And yeah, it was talking about the mo- the movement of the 
straight racing. Of straight racing from California, or from Japan to California, and then yep. to um, New York. And this was written in 1998, this article. Yep, so you can find it republished um, quite a few places. That's how we read it. Yep. Uh, the film came out in 2001. Yep. Which is in like a long time ago now. This yeah. Out. I can't believe it's that old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can. I can. <laughs> After rewatching it, <laughs> I can. This film did not date uh, well at all. I think I watched it not too long after it came out, so I would have been, like, 12, mm. and I didn't see it in the cinema, I think I saw it on a plane, and I remember quite liking it and re-watching it. Yeah, as you say, it has not aged that well. I don't hate it, but there's I some... I can't remember where they rebooted it from, either, like, uh, the fifth or the sixth one was an entire reboot of the series, um, but now The Rock is in it. And I think, like, yeah. this is obviously something they found a formula for over time and, like, polished because, you know, they're now giant blockbuster films and mm. they're big statement. Well, I think what they found was um, they didn't realise, but with this film, these films, they were tapping into a market of um, African-American and Latino viewers. Um, that's who it's most po- – that's how they make most of their money is, is um, those parts of the community – but they didn't realise that when they made the first one. And so, like, over time, you can see how they've adapted more and more to that audience. But also, yeah, they have rebooted and kind of leaned into the silliness a bit as well. The things that actually make this movie fun are the, like, fast cars driving, doing Yeah, like, even the opening scene, like, one of the shit, coolest, like, like, stunts of the film is uh, one of the cars, like, sliding in, so it's driving at the same speed as a semi-trailer, like, underneath the... Trailer the part of it itself in yeah. between the front and back wheels, like, yeah. and any time there's sick. cool car stunts. Uh, so I think after you know we record this, I might go and hunt down a little later films and see like if they've improved them since then, which I'm sure they have. You know, yeah, I haven't seen past lure, like four. I think you don't lure like big names to this because Dwayne Johnson is now like one of the stars of this franchise. Yeah, and uh, anything that the Rock in, as we know on this podcast, is solid gold. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'll give you a brief plot. So it's not yeah. So normally we take a vote here, but I don't think this is really suitable because we can't really talk about you know, the, the article from start to finish. So we'll yeah. kind of just mention the influences, I guess, when when we can. Yeah. Uh, although this might be very a very light adaptation episode, it might be more of a review of the film than yeah. anything. But you know. Yeah. Well, I think it takes the spirit of the article and creates a good well. Creates a film from it, which they then have to add actual plot elements and additional storylines to. Yeah. But I think Some of which work and some of which don't. Yes. Uh, So the plot summary of Fast and the Furious. Uh, Brian O'Connor is an undercover cop attempting to infiltrate the street racing scene in Los Angeles in order to find the culprits behind robberies of 18-wheeler trucks. In doing so, he finds a peer in veteran racer Dominic Toretto and a love interest in Dom Sistamia. And also there's car stunts. (laughs) Yeah. Lots and lots of castants. Uh, let's talk about the cast. Paul Walker uh, as Brian O'Connor, unfortunately uh, now passed away. Yeah. is That might also be part of the reason they rebooted it, I think, was around the time after I he died. I think they rebooted it before, because he was in the se- he was filming the seventh one, and they definitely rebooted it before then. Oh, okay. I think the fifth or the sixth was the reboot. Yeah, so well, let's talk about Paul Walker in this lead role with his, his frosty, frosty hair. Oh, his hair's awful in this. His hair is very 2001. It is. It looks like he came straight from NSYNC. But his blue eyes are timeless. Yeah. He's 
a bit wooden. Yeah, yeah, he is a white dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that stands out in a film where there's not a lot of, oh lot of my white gosh. dudes. I I love that. I love that part, especially when he's being introduced to, like the first sort of meetup, the meetup meet of all the different um, nationalities in the first drag race that they take part in, and he turns up and he's like, "I'm here with my car," <laughs> standing awkwardly by it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, that, even that line that they give, like right then, it's like, "It's not about how you stand by your car; it's how you race in your car." It's like, obviously, duh. duh. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of really bad lines in this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's there's a pretty not great performance if I'm honest. Yeah. Like I mean I don't think he needed to do anything. No, it was really just not, there. The plot is a bit is of a nothing character. To, the plot's there to prop up the cast stunts. Yeah. I'm sure he got better, like as he got like, cause, I mean, he was there for like seven of the six of the seven films that were out or something mm. like that. Yeah. Then we've got uh Ben Diesel, uh, as Dominic Toretto. He um actually left for the second film and then came mm. back to thirty, left to go do Triple X instead. Mm. So clearly he didn't quite uh, see either that this was going to turn out to be something huge. Yeah, it's interesting because this came out like the year after Pitch Black, which is where his character of Riddick yeah. was introduced. Uh, the you know, the Chronicles of Riddick, not a great movie, but the first one, Pitch Black, was like a cult hit. He was quite good in that, I thought. Um, so seeing him in this after that is quite interesting. He's sort of... I mean, he's kind of made a name for himself as, like, a tough guy actor. He's clearly just run with it. I think this is a mixed yeah. performance here. Like, there's, yeah, there's definitely some moments that, that work because I think he does portray that kind of, like, a very calm but controlled rage sort of, like, a very angry on the inside sort of character. But a lot of his line delivery is not particularly great. Yeah. Um, uh, the moments, he's, especially where he has to do a lot of speaking in a row, like you've already mentioned before we started. Yeah, the he, doesn't, he doesn't have a a great deal to work with. He, and I think that's partially with the pacing of the film. Somewhere in the middle he has this heartfelt monologue about his father's death and how he feels really free in a car. And the lines he's given are pretty, like, pretty melodramatic and... Oh, extreme, over-the-top dramatic. A bit gross, but I think he could have done well with them regardless if it hadn't come at a weird place in the film because the relationships in these movies move in a really bizarre manner because he's now suddenly best friends with Brian, Paul Walker's character, and he's giving he's like revealing these like deep dark feelings like with someone that he's apparently now close with, even though we haven't seen any of that character development. How did you guys find the chemistry between the two? Because I thought it was really bad for this this opening film in the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they were trying to, they were leaning into that, especially at the start, because they're supposed to be so different, and one of them is this like undercover white dude, and um, he's trying to ingratiate himself kind of artificially. But the film implies that that sort of like changes over the course of the film but it doesn't it doesn't really yeah i don't really know that like any of the relationships in this film Mm. make sense as real relationships to me like the romance falls flat and yeah it's just it's barely a romance i know like suddenly they're like sleeping together and then she's so betrayed i mean i understand that like 
that's one thing that has not aged well for me in this film. When they, when um, Brian and Mia sleep together, I think when I first saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a nat- natural progression in a relationship. And then the betrayal afterwards, I'm like, oh, it's okay because he told her. Nowadays, I'm like, fuck that guy. Yeah. This, you know, you have slept with this woman under false pretenses. Yeah. You've been lying from the start. I have no sympathy for you. I hate Brian. Yeah. I, I think that the central point here is that all of the relationships are super weird and none mm. of them feel genuine. I think the closest thing to a real relationship is probably between Lenny and Dom. Like, I find them passable as yeah. a, some kind of re- legitimate relationship. Even though I found that, I still found that weird. Uh, like, So we've got uh, Michelle Rodriguez playing Lenny, who is uh, his girlfriend. I still found that weird. I thought she was a really off character. I don't know. Like, I feel she fits yeah. into this world, I think. But, like, I don't know. I just... I, I honestly thought all of the performances of this were, like, mediocre at best. Yeah. 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 Michelle Rodriguez, like, all of her roles in pretty much most of her movies are this kind of character, this, like, badass, tough chick. Yeah. And I think she does it better in other films. But, I mean, she's not really a main character here. She's no. more of a supporting role. Absolutely. Um, Jordana Brewster as Mia Toretto. Is there, is there anything here? Like, she's pretty. She's a bit of she a looks pretty. character. Like, they don't really give her much to work no. with, to be honest. Yeah, I re- it's funny. Like, I just don't know what to say about a lot of these people. I think maybe one of the, the, the strongest performances comes from actually Matt Schultz, who plays Vince, mm. um, the kind of the, the rival of, of Brian yeah. um, in, in Don's Gang. And he actually does all right. Like, I, I buy all of his performances. Like, he seems threatening, but, like, you know, uh, immature a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's buff as hell. Yeah. And he's, it's interesting because he's, he twigs from the beginning that Brian's a cop. Like, that's such an interesting choice to have for, you know, this undercover story where Brian's supposed to be fooling everyone, but, like, Almost immediately, he's like, nah, this guy moves like a cop. He's a cop. And, like, look, maybe he's just saying it as a way to get rid of him and to poison him in Dom's eyes. But, yeah, it's like, you're right. You're right in the end. <laughs> it's funny. Before we move on, I'd just like to point out that my eyesight must be very bad because right down the bottom of our cast screen at the moment is Tom Barry as Agent Bilkins, and I thought it said Agent Bikinis. <laughs> I'm like, what a weird name for a character. <laughs> What about um, the bad guy? Is that Johnny Strong? I thought he was... As Leon. Yeah, who no. played the... Uh, you about the a, Japanese. Johnny, uh, Tran? Johnny Tran. Oh, it was Johnny Tran. Yeah, yeah it's Rick, Rick Yoon. Yoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wrong one. Rick Yoon kind of plays the villain Johnny Tran. Like, I... Really, yeah. yeah. He's okay. Like, he's not bad. Fine. I like that they had the, the Japanese characters because, like, it's a nod to... Like, the origins of it. And then, obviously, is it the second one they go to Tokyo? The third one. Third one. But it yeah. actually doesn't feature any of these characters. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's a, it's just a Fast and Furious movie in Japan. I think yeah. Vin Diesel has a cameo, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I um, Everyone hates Tokyo Drift for some reason, but I remember not hating it. I remember thinking it was, like, just as good as the... The other ones. <laughs> I imagine they probably started to get their aesthetic, sort of like the idea, yeah. the design choice they had in mind by then. So. I think a lot of like your real fans didn't like it because it didn't have the characters. Yeah. But like, if you're not a fan, you're watching it. You're like, this is the same. <laughs> yeah. 
that pretty much covers most of the uh, like notable performances from the cast, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so we'll move on to the plot, I think. So we start out with this uh, this scene with the initial truck robbery, which is quite an exciting kind of way to start. You actually start in like the docks of this place, like where yeah. the shipping container, where it's being sent away from. Yeah. And then you get to this highway at night and these four black uh, sedans with neon green lights underneath kind of come. Neon, I think... Seeing a car with neon is your indica- is your indicator that this is a street racing car. Yeah. yeah. If that's what if I've learned anything from playing Need for Speed games, it's that neon makes a street yeah. racing car. And also it's two thousand and one. Yeah, but they, they pull off this like truck heist where they surround it and like weave in and out and they like harpoon through the front of it and jump on. Yeah, and like kill the driver basically. I thought they tranquilized him. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they put that patch on him or something like that. Yeah, yeah they can't kill him because then They're they would the be guys. irredeemably evil. Yeah, true. And we are supposed to be rooting for them doing this robbery for some reason. <laughs> it's interesting how when they rob the final truck in this, the truck driver almost becomes the villain. He's got the gun. So weird. And you never see they never show his face, so he's never seen as anyone relatable. He's just a series of hands putting uh, shotgun shells into um, into his gun, and like his foot on the accelerator, and, and just the the right the barrel. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like I said, the build up uh, does not work in this film mm. at all. So like that ending is odd. At yeah, best. Um, but the car stunts are good. They invented the rigging for these for this film like beforehand they for car chases a lot of them just took place inside the car or like on green screen and stuff whereas for this they actually created it like basically a trailer i think that they put a car on so that they could get the shots from outside the car while it was moving yeah um yeah, and like I think this and the, the kind ma- of revolutionary for car chase. Yeah, type I think this and the Matrix movie. revolutions, which also came out uh, this year, were kind of big. That there's that big, you know, highway mm. car chase scene. I think they had a lot of uh, a big a big role in kind of the way that you know car chase technology has developed in yeah. for films since then. And a lot of the actors obviously took like stunt driving training as the build up and the their practice for this so i think there's only one moment where it doesn't really work for me but we'll get to that very shortly uh so yeah we see this truck robbery they they pull it off successfully and uh, drive off into the night and then uh we cut to brian uh who's just chilling at this this uh what is it it's like is it gar- it's like this little grocery thing it's like a little bar almost breakfast type yeah nook thing so he's just um we've just shown him speeding down at some kind of racetrack and he spins out because he's going too fast or something. It's like, damn. Yeah. I love that he's called Brian. That's such yeah. a white guy oh, name. So, his, like his, like like, his fake like, last name is super uh, white as like, well. They, they just, Spillman. The, yeah. only, the only more white name they could have chosen is like Greg. Like, <laughs> no, Spillner. Spillner. Like, like Brian. Hello, I'm Brian. <laughs> Which one of these guys is a cop? <laughs> Maybe it's Brian Maybe it's O'Connor. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just makes me laugh. So he's, he's at this, like, breakfast thing flirting with uh, Mia, and then uh, Vince and his goons all rock up in their, you know, street cars, and Vince is very jealous, because obviously he has a thing for Mia. Um, for Mia? Yeah. Yeah. Vince, isn't Mia his sister? No, that's, no, Vin, that's Mia's Dom's, Dom's sister. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Vince, not Vin. Vin not Vin, not, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I get Vince and Dom mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, because... Yeah, 
Dom is played by Vin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we like we, we learn a bit more about like he they have they have, they have a fight, uh, which Vin Diesel, uh, Dom ends up having to come out and break up. Yeah. Uh, and he threatens to like fire get uh, Brian's boss who Dom knows to fire him. Yeah, this whole early part is really confusing because you don't learn that Brian is an undercover cop until like after the street race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I think it was an interesting choice. I think it was a good choice. Yeah, it's a good um, twist. It's a nice, nice little twist to have because from early on you're like, who is this Joker? Who's he looks just so like, awkward he's, and out He's of like, you know, he's like the not popular kid trying to be friends with the popular kids and it just does not work. And you're like, why is this guy trying so hard? He's so inept. I feel embarrassed for him. And then it turns out that he's got an alternate motivation. And I think it's it's um, sensible movie writing because it, um, if you started with him get being like in the police station, being given, which is like how a lot of these movies would start, being like given this case to follow, then the focus of the movie would be him breaking the case, but that's not what they're going for. The focus of the movie is that he comes to be part of this group. Yeah. So you can't have it start with him being given the case. So, yeah, I think it's, like, really smart movie writing to try and maybe somewhat ingratiate him a little bit before you reveal it. And you want to show him as a bit of a rebel because that's what's making it cool that they're doing illegal stuff. Speaking of illegal stuff, uh, it's time for the street race. Uh, So... He puts some NOS in his car and rocks up to the warehouse and meets all of the people who are involved in street racing and all the different, like we've already mentioned, the cliques. So you've got the Japanese clique and the Latino clique, the African American (laughs) clique. Teenage girls. (laughs) They really are. Well, they kind of are. Yeah. Um, I always find these scenes really funny because, like, there's, you know, there's always music playing in the background and there's tons of people, but there's always, like, a bizarre amount of, like, half-naked girls, like, dancing sexily around, like, the cars and shit and, like, kissing each other because you have to have that because that's what's sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, like, the whole point of the... the, This is a a movie for dudes. Dudes who like women. Wow, really? Yeah. If you didn't know. Fast cars, hot ladies. That's that's kind of the aesthetic they go for. Yeah. So they get ready for the street race. I I actually like the setup for, like... Mm. I think the scene where they set up the race itself is really cool. You know, there's probably... A couple hundred cars here. I think these were all, like, a lot of them were, like, civilian cars that they put out the word for, like, hey, do you have a cool-looking car? Do you want to be in our movie? Yeah. Um, because and they didn't have, like, hundreds of tricked-out yeah, sportsmobiles. Don't have budget for that yet, either, yeah. the first film. That, that's yeah, definitely a, something that comes from the uh, source material, from mm. the article, where they talk about how... In, whereas in like I think you mentioned in Japan, a lot of people race those souped up kind of race cars. These are very much stock cars, like you know, your Hyundai, I think a Cura they mentioned, and like a, just your basic sort of everyman cars that they then trick out themselves. Yeah, and it's kind of like putting your heart and soul in the car. And yeah, there's there's some cool looking cars here. Yeah, uh, you've, you've got some with all the like the hydraulics and doing stuff like that. Um, but they they head out from this warehouse to the street that they're going to do it on. 
and kind of like line the street to block it off. Yeah, they to, block off the racetrack. All, all of the side streets so no one can get anywhere. <laughs> like the, the Pete the Domino's guy drives He's like, what the hell's going on? And like, beat it, pizza boy, street's closed. <laughs> he's like, screw you guys. <laughs> Goddamn street racers. <laughs> oh, that, that's exactly the line. And I remember he said street racers. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's some bad writing. Yeah. It's just like, it's literally like they just gave it to the intern that day. who was yeah. like, this is what is happening right yeah, now in yeah. this film. Uh, I do love the moment where the African American racer like is is met at his window by like his girlfriend or whatever. And he, and oh, Ja Rule! <laughs> is that who it is? Ja Rule. Did you not notice that the soundtrack has like ten Ja Rule oh, yeah, songs in it, including "Fast and the Furious" by Ja Rule? <laughs> but the best part is right. So she rocks up to his window and like grabs his hand and just puts it on her boob. <laughs> And then it's like... Because that's the thing that women do. Yeah, oh, yeah. Touch my boob. <laughs> um, so and if then, you can... Whether you win or lose, this is yours. But if you win, you get her as well. And, like, there's, like one of her friends is, like, waving sexily at oh. her. And then at the end of the race when he loses, she's, like... She's all, like... Yeah, she just, like, totally rejects him. And uh, and, and he feels real bad. Yeah, I, I quite liked the music in this. I thought it was very appropriate. The music's fine. But I, I like it. It's quite There diverse. are so yeah, many general very... It's appropriate to the scene, though, you know. Yeah. You can imagine these are the kind of music these people are listening to. Um, this is the mo- this this race is the only time I don't like the way that a, a car action is shot because they do this like blurring thing to be like, oh, look how fast we're going. Yeah. It really it's really faded and like and, and just seems like it's a, it appears almost like a dream sequence, if anything. Yeah, well, I, I just found it really off. I think they're trying to emulate what was in the article talking about how the adrenaline spike that they are getting their version of taking drugs. Like, it's almost an LSD experience mm. in those yeah, okay, shots. So the article talks about, like, some people do drugs, some people... This is our drink. drug. Yeah, like, this is our drug. We just like going fast. We like speed, but not that speed. <laughs> I do like... I, think, I must say, I think Vin Diesel does very well in, actually, I like that his character portrays, like, that adrenaline and, and moments, that split second of fear. Mm. He does really well at communicating that with his face uh, when he's, like, a passenger or even when he's driving. Even if he doesn't pull off the monologue, the feeling behind it, he does mm. actually portray yeah. his character. So that's quite good. Yeah. Um, I think um, Vin Diesel as a person, like, I didn't really get him, and I didn't get him in movies, like, for a long time. And then I found out, like, he kind of, like, almost, like, came out as a nerd. Like, how he does huge his DC. Yeah, yeah like, like, but he didn't used to, like, make that very public. And, like, now he does stuff on YouTube with, like, D&D and stuff. And now I kind of get him, I guess. And it's that interesting thing where, like, knowing someone's public, like, knowing someone's persona, like, feeds into their art. And now I'm, like, when I see him and stuff, I'm, like, oh, yeah, I, I understand you now. Like, uh, you're not just, like, a dumb, tough guy. You're, you have more layers than that. Uh, so there's some post-race antics. So basically, Brian has uh, bet his car on this race. Which is a silly thing to do. But he says it's about respect. I actually bought the respect thing. Like, I... I, I... I didn't like how he put it to him, though. He's no, like, he, he puts it If terribly. I lose, you get my car. If I win, I get... You know, oh, they're all the betting money. money. Like, if if I, if I you win, you get my car and the money. But if I win, I get the money and the respect. I thought that was such a dumb line. It is. It is a, it's like, a terrible line. You shouldn't have to say, if I win, then you have to respect me. That's not how That's respect works. What ha- like, the respect is the byproduct of you beating him. Like I don't, I don't think any of these characters know the word byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> like respect is respect is 
earned. Yeah. So, like, you don't... You, don't you can't re- just tell someone they're going to respect you. Respect is earned, not gambled. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, you can't just tell him, if I win, you'll respect then, me. He may not respect, respect you, you if you win. Yeah. Like, he may have to admit that you beat him. Well, he's but... about to earn his respect, though. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the cops show up. So, they've, but they've had to wait until they uh, hear on the radio, like, someone's spotting on the police radio that the cops are busy with something else. So, then when they get that, that's the cue for the race to start. And then, at the very end of the race... Uh, they get a signal that the cops uh, think there's street racing happening, which is from the article, um, mm. the kind of the relationship between the police and the burgeoning street racing scene and how they kind of interact with it. Uh, and everyone flees. Yeah. Um, so um, Dom wins, wins the race, like, over Paul, handily. Yeah. And then, but Brian has this moment where he's, like, got this dumb grin on his face. He's like, I almost had you. And then Dom is just like, shut up. I did kind of like, win. I did kind of like that, that moment. moment. They pull that off. Like, you, it doesn't matter if you won by a little, by an inch or a mile, you didn't fucking win. So. I was surprised, and again, because you don't know this point of the car, I was surprised that he was so okay with his car being, like, right? lost. And it's not until you realise later like, when it's not car, actually but, his car. And the police officer he meets is like, that was an $80,000 car, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did, I did kind of like that. That was uh, a little funny. They Everyone flees. Uh, Dom goes and parks his car in a garage, but then someone recognises him. And he starts it, running. Can I just say, does it make sense to me that the cops would be investigating to that level? Like, I always think that he's FBI because, to the me... The cops are investigating the robberies. Yeah. Like, over but $6 like, million. Dollars. Yeah, but, like, to me, like, an undercover sting that, like, has that much money put into it would be FBI. It wouldn't be cops. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not quite that's sure. That's why, in my they... head, I'm always like, oh yeah, he's FBI, he's not like a regular cop. Well, I think they say he yeah. wants to be a detective. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. making training. Or but he's, like that. that means that he's a non-detective, like just a regular cop. And they've just cop. given him an $80,000 car, like spent all that money on this. I guess it just jives better in my head when I'm like, yeah, he's FBI. <laughs> what I don't quite get is why Vin Diesel goes and parks up in that garage and then leaves the garage yeah. and leaves his car there. Like, why not just stay there for like 20 minutes? Police aren't going to come into that garage. They didn't see him go in. Well, I guess he doesn't want to take the chance that he's seen with the car, just in case they do. But it is it is a bit... It's weird. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the cops are about to arrest him. He starts running. Uh, it's surprising that he gets as far as he does, because like there's that shot of the car right behind him, and then the next shot, it's like all the way down the street. <laughs> uh, but this is so that... Uh, Brian, Brian can, can save him. Yeah, zoom in and save the day, and he uh, nips him off, and off they go. And, you know, there's a discussion where uh, this is the, the first kind of time where they kind of are seen as peers, almost. Um, and he, There is a little bit of respect earned in the fact that he saved him. You learn later on why this is, um, in why Dom values his freedom so much. Yeah. Also, none of his other friends helped him. They all flee. They yeah. all fleed back to the house and are just, like, having a party yeah. <laughs> when they arrive. So Dom and Brian don't even get to their home because they are accosted by a motorcycle group and uh, then taken off into this little like sub area and this is our introduction to Johnny Tran and his cousin or brother Lance or something like that. Cousin. They always call him Cousin Lance. That's really odd. And they, they intimidate and threaten them and uh, you get the feeling that like they're now in someone else's turf is what's happened. They've strayed into yeah. the, the Japanese turf yeah. area of, of LA or whatever and they like threaten him and they're like where'd you get this car and why are you here and then they just leave. Yeah. And then they come back and shoot the car and blow it up. <laughs> yeah, you find out that Tran has a bit of a grudge on Dom because 
of a bad deal and also Dom slept with his sister. <laughs> so Yeah, because women are property and that's yeah. how that works. Yep. 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 So the car's destroyed, they walk back and they have like, you know, they get to talk to each other as men. Yep. They have a lot of man discussions in yep. this movie. Yeah. A lot of no homo bro bromance. Yeah, there's no homos homo's. in this film. Homos don't. Or Oh, oh! Fanfiction.net would have something to say about this. There are two girls kissing at the party that they arrive at. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how you know it's a sexy party. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, lesbians make everything cooler. Yeah, duh. (laughs) Yeah, they arrive at this house, and uh, Dom goes off at his team for not coming to save him, especially Vince. (laughs) I love that he takes Vince's beer off him (laughs) and gives it to. To Brian, he's like, you can drink, you can drink whatever you want. Have this backwash beer. <laughs> I was like, why don't you drink? You get him a beer. I don't think he'd actually opened it. That's yeah. the thing because, like, then I think Brian no, would... I think he had, and he was wiping it off. Oh, okay. To yeah. say Still I weird. don't want your man jams but on it. It's just this dumb scene of him like looking at Vince and like drinking the beer while yeah. never ma- breaking eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how many other characters will fuel this rivalry. Like, Dom does it intentionally, and then later Mia intentionally antagonizes Vince by saying, Which what restaurant, restaurant did you, did want, you to want to take me to? And then goes and invites Brian. Oh, cool. Brian, you can take me there next week. I'm like, that's a shit thing to do, supposedly to a friend. Yeah. He is uh. a douchebag, but. Uh, what ends up happening is that uh, Dom. Basically, Brian owes Dom a car for the race for the pink slip that he lost because their other car got destroyed. And Brian ends up bringing him a project car. It's like this beaten old uh, Nissan Supra, which I think is the one they mentioned in the article on Nissan Supra. And this is, uh, and so he's now like, I'm part of your team. And I was like, when you're not working for other car dude, you're working for me or working with me. For me, I think it was. He's part of, yeah. Because Mia was like, now he owns you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's now part of the team. Uh, and he starts investigating uh, now as an undercover cop. Uh, well, before he, before this happens, so he gets this guy, and then he goes back to uh, his police friends who are like hidden out in this old abandoned celebrity house. You know, like because there's probably like a dozen abandoned celebrity houses that no one lives in. Well, I think he, they'd seized it somehow. And this is where you learn he's an FBI. Or he's he's helping the FBI to kind of find out who's behind it. They think that Dom is behind it, and he is. He doesn't believe this. He thinks it's. Hector, who's this uh, Latino guy uh, who's a bit suspicious, uh, or the trans. Yeah. <laughs> or the trans. Yeah. There's lots of them in this film as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he like, the th- point he keeps coming back to is saying Dom is too calm, he's too controlled to have this kind of side project. And we learned shortly after that Dom, like, was in jail for two years for beating someone, like, yeah, mercilessly. Yeah, yeah. So he starts investigating, like, on the sly. He, like, uh, jumps into a garage uh, of, of Hector's and then is trying to infiltrate the tram garage and is uh, actually, like, busted by Vince, who takes him back to Dom and is like, this guy's a cop. And he's like, I'm not a cop. And Vince is like, he's a cop. <laughs> For real. Yeah, so he has some splaining to do, and he basically says... Well, because Dom Dom asks him, like, are are you going around to every garage to find out what they're racing in for this race war event? Yeah, so Brian's... (laughs) (laughs) Race wars is such a dumb name. Brian's explanation was that, you know, that um, Hector and his crew just came in to his uh, current job buying, like, lots and lots of expensive equipment to trick out their cars, 
Brian initially thought maybe it was because Hector was the the truck robber because they've all been shown to be driving these black Nissans. Um, and he said, oh, that matches the description of the cars. Um, but he, he's trying to say, no, it's because they're obviously sinking a lot of money and they're going to win and I want us to win. But Yeah, but yeah. basically the only way that he can prove this is by uh, Dom's like, all right, let's go to another garage, <laughs> yeah. which they do straight away. They go to the train garage. Uh, and while they're there investigating, they find a bunch of like DVD players and stuff, which I think is what is being stolen. Yeah, um, that was in the first truck. And yeah, and also while they're there, uh, the trans come home and like beat up this old white dude who's supposed to be supplying them with engines for race wars. And so they're like, oh, he's aggressive and he has a bunch of st- stuff that's probably stolen. So it's probably him. And then when he goes back to the cops, they end up eventually raiding Tran. Uh, like, why is his family's house and everything? And, really, and so this obviously puts him in a pretty bad mood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, this is, in the meantime, Brian has slept with Mia. Yeah. Like a dick bag. Brody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't even written down anything about that romance subplot because it's so dumb and non-existent. Yeah. It's kind of there so there is a romance plot. So there's something for the ladies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. there's, there's one scene later on in this when, we, when, when you get to race wars but we'll, we'll deal with that then they find out that Tran is innocent that all that stuff was purchased legally so yeah. I don't know why he just, so I, Tran's uh, just had he's just that, like, he's they obviously, disrespected me in front of my family yeah he's gross yeah so he um, blames Dom he thinks Dom ratted him out yeah and that will come to fruition uh, when we get down to race wars <laughs> it's funny every time. <laughs> um, this only leads now Brian to believe that Dom is behind the trucks, though, because Hector's been ruled out because the tires on their cars didn't match. Which they then just drop the investigation purely based on that, which is very odd, but whatever. Uh, so we head down to Race Wars. Yeah. Uh, Jesse races. Uh, he just like races in, in Dom's car and yeah. loses it in a pink slip race to yeah. Johnny to Johnny Tran. Yeah, we haven't talked about Jesse. He's uh Dom's son, isn't he? No, he's Adopt, like, like adoptive. He's kid sort of ta- you know, taken him in as yeah. a protege type. He's It's this loose kind of family team thing they have. Yeah, so he's sort of he's basically the sympathetic. Well, he's the mechanic. He's yeah. like a, he's a mechanical genius. Uh, yeah. Actually like cuz they, they there's a discussion between him and Brian about he about him having ADD. I don't know, the way that there's like, because Brian's like, you should be in MIT or something. Oh, no, I can't because I have ADD. <laughs> what? But that's a thing that someone like that might believe. Yeah, I don't I think guess. he was saying as, if you have it, you can't go. I mean, he's pretty clear about his, what his capabilities I are. I know, I don't know. I think I think it's because it's so, it seems really forced the way that they construct this character to be so sympathetic and like pathetic as well. And then he, yeah, and his fate at the end is like, oh, okay. Oh, this, this ending, this, I, anything past this point just like loses all sense of like, how did you get this path to go this direction? Like, what did you do to get here? Yeah, so Jesse's like the young, impressionable guy who thinks he knows everything, and then he ends up know, well, he ends up losing this car in a race to Johnny Tran because he's overconfident in his abilities. Yeah. Um, like, they show him using the nitrous oxide in the race, which, like, gives you a bit of a boost in speed, but, like, way too early. And then that means that, like, so he it, he thinks he's winning at the start because he used this boost and then it 
fizzles out and he just loses horribly and goes on the run, I guess. Yeah, he flees immediately after the race, like just races off into the distance um, because he's afraid of the Tran family. Uh, So Tran then comes to Dom to kind of like intimidate him over the car. He's like, where's he going? Uh, And he implies that Dom, well, he, he says quite explicitly actually that Dom narked on him. He thinks Dom is the one who called the cops. Uh, on him uh, and again to fight well fight is kind of a strong word because it's mostly just Dom beating Dom the beating shit, the shit out, out of Tran uh, we, yeah like uh, and the implication is that this is like him repeating the he's about to repeat the beatdown that he gave to the guy who um, who he finds responsible for his dad's death yes um, that's a I whole subplot that, that we ignored in. it's when they're talking about his, his cool car that he has in his garage, yeah. that black car, which we'll see again later. Yeah, so, like, basically the the cop, Brian's superior, because when Brian's trying to argue, no, this isn't like Dom, he wouldn't do these, like, violent truck robberies, his superior has said, look, here are the pictures from the guy he beat almost to death. It's so that's why he was in prison. But we later find out that there are kind of, if you want to call them that, mitigating circumstances in which that, he thought he'd killed his father, and that's why he beat him to death. And yeah. he seems to have some kind of regret for it because mm. he beat him in, like, he's now mentally handicapped and yeah. works as a janitor and can't drive, and he seems to be regretful of that moment of rage. So kind of trying to paint Dom in a different light to what the cops are trying to propose that he is. Yep. Uh, the end result of this is like Dominic, who's just kind of unhappy and, and not thrilled with the situation in general, uh, goes off to hijack some stuff. Yeah. Because he was the he hijack now, all along. We don't now, actually know that it was him until just now. Yeah, because he now needs to protect Jesse and pay Tran in some other way. Yeah. He's like, no, now is the time for another job. Yeah. And Brian is now, the reason that he's, he keeps saying, we need more time, we need to... We need to do this carefully. The reason why the FBI and the cops are wanting to get it done fast is because the truck drivers are now arming themselves and they're fighting back. And as we'll see later, that's what happens. They go to rob a car, a a truck. They go to rob a truck and... Well, that's literally what happens right now. So they they all head off. Uh, Brian has to reveal his cover to Mia to get her to side with him and come along. Uh, to try and because st- he thinks that she'll be able to help him stop Dom from actually doing anything yeah. because he knows that the cops are about to you know, come down hard on him. So they head off uh, in their super fast car and we get we cut to the heist which is happening. Um, it doesn't go smoothly as last time because, like you just said, the truckers are arming themselves and this one has a shotgun and, and they're down one person in Jesse. Yes, who's not there? Uh, Vince jumps onto the thing but uh, gets kind of caught um, with the rope that he's using because of the awkwardness of like having to dodge the shotgun blasts. Yeah, this scene was. Um edited heavily because they were otherwise not going to get their, what, PG-13, PG-15 yeah. rating? Yeah, his like arm looked pretty bad at It was pretty bad as it up. is, but uh, apparently the like the first cut had like a lot of mangled, bloody Ugh. arm where the wire has like corded yeah. around it. Um, so lots of shenanigans. It's, it's just an action scene. Uh, I think, um, what's her name, Letty uh, it crashes off um, trying to help Vince. Um, like Dom's car gets a little busted and zooming past him is Brian and Mia, um, who Brian does, like has to, Brian gets Mia to take control of his car, jumps onto the truck himself, untangles Vince 
and then jumps gets back off, off and uh, they slide off the road and the <laughs> and truck gets goes, him off. <laughs> <laughs> untangles the untangles the wire, gets him off, and then they get back on yeah, the car. Just yeah. a cheeky wank. Just cheeky a, wank on the front just of the truck. A cheeky hand job. <laughs> There were gays in this film after all. Yeah. There always are when me and Sally are involved. That's true. Um, I thought this this heist scene was good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. They ramped up the tension really well. Yeah, very well. With the uh, driver. Even though you don't like Vince, there's stakes because, Mm. like, you know, it's part of the team. Although, like you were talking about earlier, it is weird with the whole... The truck driver is the bad guy and Dom yeah. is the good guy. He's the enemy now. It's just weird that like Dom was doing the heists all along because they don't seem to have been building towards that. And yeah. then it suddenly revealed that he was. And, you're, and like Brian has been fighting for it the whole time. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But at the same time, when it's revealed, it's not revealed in any kind of like shattering manner no. of like, oh, I've discovered this. Yeah, it's you're revealed to it when you see they've just, like, Dom doing it. Yeah, No, they've revealed it before. Because they're like process of elimination. It was always Dom. But I said, I, didn't, but someone... I didn't think that. I st- at that point, I still didn't think it was Dom. I was oh. like, oh, the police just think it's him. It maybe I was still thinking it was Hector. And oh, really? They just ignored like they disregarded the oh. tires way too quickly. I kind of saw it like we've decided it's not these guys, so it must be him. Sorry, buddy. You're... But that's like I don't think the build up works to this point. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm getting at here, anyway. Vince uh, needs to, is like dying. Um, he'll die of blood loss. Uh, so, unfortunately, to, the only way to get a rescue that quickly is for Brian to reveal his cover while Dom is nearby, so he can get like a medical evac yeah. and helicopter, uh, which he does. Uh, Dom reacts very badly and rushes off with Mia and all the other members. I mean, badly. I think he reacts appropriately. Oh, yeah. Like, like, for what we know about him. Well, because, yeah. I mean, I guess he reacts as well as anyone who... I mean, he didn't kill him then and there. That could have been a possibility. Yeah. He runs off because he has to deal with the Jesse situation. And once uh, the helicopter buzzes off, Brian ends up following. He catches him back at Dom's house, um, where he's pulling that black sedan uh, with big muscle engine in the front out. They, uh, they they have a bit of a, like a Mexican standoff where they're going to shoot each other, and Mia's like, "No, don't do it." And then Jesse arrives back, and everything is okay for like ten seconds, and then Johnny Tran and his and Lance show up and just like drive by shoot him. Yeah, so the, Jesse dies, in the body, and, and like Dom's like cradling his body, like no, like, uh, it just feels really manipulative that mm-hmm. they've got like this character. I was just surprised that they kill. Like, I just I was just like, I don't care about him. Yeah. I don't think. Well, that's it. They they want us to care about him, and then have his death be a huge yeah, deal. They haven't, they haven't earned it. Yeah. Brian and Dom chase down uh, Tran uh, off their motorcycle. I, I don't know whether they. Like, don't think they die because they call an ambulance for him. Yeah. Uh, and then Dom runs off in his car, and Brian follows, uh, and they end up with a like uh, a line uh, uh, together. Um, and, and suddenly they're like, "Oh, we have to drag race now." Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because Brian now respects Dom because he's become part of his family. Because because they're, they're men with testosterone. And this is the biggest problem. They can't talk about just, their like, feelings. Why they do they need to, to do this? They have to fight about it. And they do it, and then there's a train coming because the finish line is a, is a train line, uh, and it's coming super quick. And they both make it across just in time. <gasps> and then uh, as they're like looking at each other, Dom like doesn't notice the truck and crashes into it and yeah. breaks it. Super nice car. Yeah, so you think maybe... Um, this is, this means Brian can bring him in because he's 
you know, beat up in the car and can't really run away or anything. Well, Don kind of accepts his fate here as well, yeah. but he kind of stands there waiting for Brian to handcuff him or something, and you can hear sirens in the distance, and then he hands him the keys to his own car, which is still fine. Yeah. Because he knows how much Don values his freedom, and basically gives up his job as a policeman. <laughs> Doesn't, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I can't remember how they get around this in, like, the next one. Is he still a cop in the well, next one? Well, I mean, one? no one's witnessed this happening. I can't remember what happens, whether... Yeah, I can't remember I have seen the second one, but I can't I remember. I think that the Wikipedia article says he's a fugitive from the law, so... Oh, okay. I don't think he is a cop. And I think the, the plot one. of the fifth one is, like, they're doing a heist on some... Uh... Oh, he definitely, like, if he's a cop, he's a dirty one. Yeah. Yeah, like, but I, I think I think basically, yeah, he does, like, quit, but not because they make him. Yeah, like, I don't think they find... About, out about this. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been arrested or anything. Yeah. He goes off in the distance and... And then there's this weird, like, cool guy slow-mo walk that Brian makes, and it's real weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, like, a mid credit scene of, uh, of Dom driving in Mexico. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end of the film. Yeah. So weird. The ending is really bad. The middle bit is mostly bad. The start <laughs> bit is also a little bad. It's okay. Like... I, as I said, I I, rem- I liked this movie when it came out. Um, I was 12 or 13 years old, and it was just one of those fun and dumb car movies. Um, but in the car stuff, like te- the way that technology and movie filming techniques have progressed, even in yeah, like 17 it, it years since then. hasn't aged that great. No, because like you, you would see a car chase now that would do that stuff easy. I don't know. Like As a product of its time, I think the car stuff is good. Just the way that the plot works and some of the acting yeah. works is not that great. And I'm sure it is much improved in a later films. The, pace, the pacing is my biggest thing because they're trying to force these relationships to a place that doesn't, they don't naturally get to. Um, Nothing ever really feels earned. Yeah. Which and is a shame. Yeah. That's the end. So let's recommend or not recommend Fast and the Furious. Loss? Thumbs up for the article... <laughs> Racer X. It's a good article. It's really interesting. Mm. Thumbs up for the movie. Like, it's not a, it's not the worst movie I've ever watched. It's like good for its stunts and stuff. Like, just don't expect to enjoy the acting or anything. But like, if you want something to like put on in the background while you like surf the internet, it's like a fine film for that. And like, there's lots of them. So if you don't expect to like have to think very much, then yeah, it's fine. Uh yeah, I'd agree with that. Thumbs up for the article, definitely. It's uh, well written and it really gives you, I think it helps you feel like what it would be like in that situation. They do a good job at like ramping up the tension in those parts. The movie, I agree, it's one of those good ones to have just on in the background, but it, I don't know if I can really recommend it anymore. I used to recommend it to people, but especially the romance part, I really hate that Brian sleeps with Mia under false pretenses and then gets away with it and we're supposed to just be cool. I think that's a bit I'm a bit skeeved out by it, so sort of a thumb thumb to the middle. <laughs> it's not a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, I'm happy to recommend the article. I think it's like also it's well written on that that it like the way it focuses on the, the mind of this one particular racer and kind of what his mindset is going into races is, is really interesting. Um, it kind of helps you understand, you know, not only Fast and Furious, but games like Need for Speed and things like that, and why they're so appealing to so such a lot of people. Uh, and it'll take you like five minutes to read. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just straight up going to not recommend this film. I did not like it. Um, and I'm sure I would, I am almost positive, even though I've never seen them, that I would like the later films in the series. But I just, I just can't do it with this. I found the pacing bad, the acting was rough. And I enjoy the 15 minutes of the Matrix's car chase scene more than I enjoyed probably the racing in all of this combined. So. That's fair. Yep. Yep. That's the way it, it, it shakes. Lois, what are you into lately? So I just read I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, um, which is the investigative journalism true crime book that she wrote or had mostly written before she passed away in 2016. Uh, it's about the Golden State Killer, which is the uh, moniker that she gave him. Uh, it was pretty scary <laughs> uh, because this guy's a monster. But it was really, really well written. The end part they picked up and put together from her notes after she passed away. So the end part's not very good, but it kind of doesn't matter because she had got all the story part out. So yeah, I would really, really recommend that. But just be warned that you will find it pretty um, pretty scary and pretty like difficult to read in places because it's about a serial rapist and murderer. But then you get the vindication of getting to go and read all the articles about him having been caught like a month after the book was published because partly because of things that she had been doing um, were, were picked up by the police officers who were still still investigating this cold case and then they went they went just took her took what she'd been doing and just did the next step and actually caught this guy who's allegedly the, the Golden State Killer. So, yeah, just being able to go and read those articles and thinking, like, she didn't get to see that happen, but thinking that all of her work, like, got uh, vindicated is just, um, it's really great. So I would really recommend that book. It's really good. And I'm, like, a single female who lives by myself. So if I can read it, then I think probably most people probably could. But, uh, yeah, I did. I did have to, like, Read it with the lights on. <laughs> uh, Sally, what about you? I have been re-watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the wake of the season five finale, which coincided with Avengers Infinity War. Do they mention it at all? Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, however, I heard that the timing schedule uh, changed a little bit for the end of it, So, and they weren't quite sure whether they would be picked up for the uh, sixth season they have been but so it, they haven't explicitly gone to the very end of infinity war but the last couple of episodes are concurrent with it okay so you don't get that end part of infinity war to sort of yeah. think about but i'm sure you will next season then yeah obviously yeah definitely you will at least so, so they shot it sort of as if it could have been a, se- a series finale okay. from what i have gleaned so after i watched that i started again from the top and it's been quite interesting seeing how the characters have changed and seeing them back where they started in the first season so yeah i do recommend it i know it gets a bit of uh there are some polarizing reviews of it i would say that if you enjoy marvel um at least watch until the uh, series coincides with Captain America Winter Soldier because that's obviously where the 
the uh, biggest implications from the MCU reflect on the uh, series. If you don't like it after that, uh, you probably won't like it, but I think it really picks up there. Yeah. Um, I went to go see Deadpool 2 yesterday. It was uh, pretty much what you'd expect from a Deadpool film. It was very funny. Mostly more of the same, I think, uh, but what that same is is very good, uh, irreverent superhero comedy, uh, and it was very entertaining. How much TJ Miller is there in it? Much less. Very little. Okay, good. Yeah, I found, I also found him the most annoying part of the first film. Because he's not going to be in the third one. Yeah. Oh, really? They dropped him. Yeah, well, because like, of the allegations. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, um, no, is there good. is a lot of uh, other cool new characters. Um, uh, the lady who plays Domino. Uh, oh, she's the best. She's great. I, I, her name is very strange, but I can't remember it. Uh, she's fantastic, and that character is uh, a breath of fresh air. I really like um, the comparisons with... I don't know how true this is, but apparently some of the reasons why Scarlet Witch wasn't given so many of the powers, like probability-related powers, was that it might be too difficult to convey on film. Oh, I think I think well, they yeah. will do it probably in the next film. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I like the comparisons people are making with like, oh, I don't know, we can't, we just shouldn't do it. And then Domino just goes in and says, I'm lucky. Like, That's not a superpower. It is. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very fun. There's a lot of very funny jokes in there. I, I laugh very hard, including uh, the, the X-Men cameo that's in this oh, film. Oh, so good. It is primo it's a primo i laugh so it's probably the loudest i've ever laughed in a cinema in the last like five years because i don't like laughing out loud to annoy people because there are only probably like another 20 people in the cinema but i laughed very loudly uh so next time we are reading and watching the remains of the day which is a kasuo ishiguro novel um and a movie with anthony hopkins in it so and that emma thompson. Should, and emma thompson Ooh. so that should be a good one to do. I don't know anything about it. Neither. Yeah, so it's just one of the ones we picked off the list because it was a a different genre to the ones that we, you know, it's easy for Adam and I to, if we're picking them, to just pick sci-fi and fantasy, sci-fi and fantasy, because that's what we're both into, but um, we try and, like, look down the list and find things that aren't just that for you guys. So, um, yeah, this is one we've picked we don't know anything about, but we're going to give it a go. Yep, so that'll be very interesting. Yep. Uh, of course, you can find and contact us at wereadthebook at gmail.com, on Twitter at readthebookpod, and on Facebook at the We Read the Book discussion group. Um, and we'd love to hear from you there as well, if yep. you have questions or opinions. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes or on Stitcher for Apple and Android, respectively, and uh, we'll appear fortnightly. That will do it for us then this time. For now, I've been Adam Supercharger Heap. I'm Sally Laughing Gas McMaster. And I am Lois Fourstroke Mitchell. See you next time, folks. Bye! Said silence. Sorry. I thought that was going to be a really quiet little snip, but it was like really juicy.